welcome to track number two of Perfection. We thank you for your word, your blessing. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Okay. Now, I want to... call for the greatest sacrifice. Amen. How many are ready to give the greatest sacrifice to the Lord? Are you sure? Are you sure? Huh? Okay. Now the greatest sacrifice is to give yourself. Amen. Amen. Everybody say myself. myself. Say I want to give myself. myself. How many want to give yourself? Some of you. Now, yourself is better to give than anything else. Amen. Amen. And I want us all to decide to give ourselves to the Lord and to his purpose and his will. That I believe is better than giving any money. I really appreciate people who give money, especially people who give without being asked to give. Amen. Because see, we can raise funds can raise money. But there are some people who just give and say, you know, I just feel the Lord. Uh, you know, yesterday, the uh, pastor was telling me, I went to preach somewhere, and I was talking. And, uh, the, uh, I was talking about, I was preaching about fatherhood, you know, this few last few days. And the pastor was just telling me, you know, after church, one of the days, you know, a man came up. I was raising funds from the, for the church. And a man came up and he, he said to one of the pastors, the pastor, the pastor of the church, actually, not the senior pastor, but pastors, uh, one of the pastors who had officiated his wedding, counseled him did everything for him and he came to him and say and he said you have been a blessing but because i had been preaching about what i had been preaching he had never he realized that he had never even shown his uh, appreciation so he said i was i did fundraise he was going to give ten thousand to the church and he said i want to give he gave him ten thousand give the church ten thousand but I want to bless you because you looked after me, counseled us, married us, did that, and gave, gave, and a third, I forgot the third place that he gave to. Yeah. You know? It's different from the pastor coming to ask you, can I have 10,000, please? <laughs> can I have something? Or even for people to go around and organize. So we want to bless our pastor. So let's all come together and do this and that and that. It's very, it's quite different. What do you think? 
Tell somebody, are you thinking about yourself now? What do you think? Huh? Oh, am I saying the right thing? Yeah. I want to, I'm talking about the greatest sacrifice, okay? And I want you to give yourself, which is more than giving your money. You see, sometimes when you see somebody, you don't value the person. But that person is more than the money that he has. Do you know that? Okay, what do you think? <laughs> Some of you will not give yourself, you also not give money. Forgive. It will be very, very sad in heaven. That one there, I can assure you. Be very sad. So, some years ago, when I became a doctor, I, I wanted to go to America and bring a lot of money to the Lord. Okay? But, the Lord said to me, thank you. I want you. And I was surprised. The reason why I'm surprised is because it's the same surprise for all of us that we don't realize the value of a person often until he is gone. When he vanishes, then you will see that this person was very valuable. Like Many of us in South Africa, we don't value white people. But if you go to next door or other parts of Africa where they haven't ruled, you will see the value of the white man. If you go to Togo, you see the whole of Togo and the economy is less than one supermarket in England. I read it in the newspaper. Yeah, one Sainsbury's, just one Sainsbury's supermarket. The turnover there is more than the whole of Togo. Yeah. Recently, we wanted to start a church there, so I went to Togo next door. And I went to, you know, I've driven along the, by this time, we wanted to buy a house. Do you see? So we went left, right. Off the road. Sand. Sand. I mean like sea sand. That is it. Sand. There's no road. You, you, you cannot imagine it. It's that one man has ruled. He has ruled like Congo. Recently, one of my pastors went to DRC. 
the Democratic Republic of Congo. He went to Kisangani. He said to me when he came back, a dictator is better than any war. He said, you can't talk, you cannot imagine. If you go to the church, the church, people, poverty, meeting in, I mean, branches, trees. Ah. Oh. So often, may not know the value. Value is best seen when the thing is gone. So, sometimes when you are quarreling with somebody and you want to end, think about if the person is dead. And then you suddenly cool off. One day I was counseling a couple. I started the counseling around 8 o'clock in the evening. We counseled uh, to midnight. Still no breakthrough. We continued 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. Look, I counseled them till it was daylight. That's why I stopped doing counseling because of all this experience. <laughs> At the end, I said, look, I cannot get any, I'm not getting any breakthrough in this marriage counseling. So I said, Lord, give me a word of wisdom. And suddenly I had a word of wisdom. Then I just turned to the wife. I think the wife first. And I said, see your husband. Can you imagine him dead at a funeral? See, he'll be lying in his suit like this. Straight his face. Now they make the face of the, like that. In his suit. I said, can you see in a coffin? And I asked him, would you, would you be sad? Oh, I'll be very sad. And I asked the husband, can you imagine why wearing a white wedding dress? Well, the wedding dress you wear twice, the, the wedding and then the funeral. So, <laughs> imagine her like that, her white dress lying there. I've seen some before, young lady. Imagine it. I said, would you be sad? I said, I'll be very sad. I said, then that's the end of the counseling. <laughs> the end of the counseling. And my counseling ended. I should have given them that revelation at 8.30. Because <laughs> sometimes you don't know the value of this thing that you are angry with. One day I went for a conference. I'm talking about the value of the person, not the man, the, the human being. I went for a conference and I met a lady. Are you there? Her husband had died just a few months earlier. She said, my husband had headache. Headache! See the headache? I I was here, had a headache, he's gone. We said, it was nothing. My husband had a headache and the headache was gone. And now her husband was dead. She said to me, and I look at her, it's also part. I was with my wife, and I was thinking about what would it be like if my wife was also there alone. Or I was there alone. And there she was, all alone. Just a single woman, young lady. She looked even like my wife, but the same age. Her husband was dead. And she said to me, she said, as we sat at the table, she said, when I see couples bickering, he said, it irritates me. Because I say they don't know what they have. He said, it irritates me when I see them bickering and quarreling. 
but they don't know what they have. She said, when, I, when my husband was alive, he used to like touching me. He would come here, touch me, touch me. Yeah. And, I said, and I also don't like that at all. Don't touch me. <laughs> touch me not. <laughs> oh, gentle husband. <laughs> she said that he became sick. A pastor of a huge church. He said that at the end of his life, somebody came from America, dedicated their church. He said that was the last thing he did. He took him to the airport and came to lie down. He said at the point, the hand that she said was irritating her, that she was touching her, was now too weak to lift and put on his lap. So he lifted, she, she said, when I sat by him, I would lift his hand and put his hand on me. Remember that she was irritated by that palm. The same hand. That's what I'm saying that you will not know the value of something till it is gone. And you say, this thing is a very, the most valuable thing in my life. Then she said, a time came, he had a tumor in the brain. A time came, he couldn't see was looking at her. I was just marveling. When we went upstairs, I told my wife, have you seen? (laughs) 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 Have you seen something? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He said, the hand, she she, she did this. Like touching, touching. Irritated, you know, there are some people that are irritated by this. Don't do this, don't do that. Why do you love this? this, this Something always <laughs> zimbalistic. <laughs> now the hand could not be raised, she put it herself. Now I said, Now he couldn't see me, he couldn't see me because now he couldn't see, he was lying there. So he died. He said, when I see couples, irritated. Because she's sitting alone. She said, it, it irritates me. There is nothing more valuable than a person. Turn to Proverbs chapter Verse 24. The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. How many want to give birth to a wise child? I want to have wise South African children. Amen. Amen. I, I want to see one day, if Jesus hasn't come, in the next 50 years, 100 years, I want to have thousands and thousands and thousands of South African spiritual children. Amen. What do you think? Yes. Huh? Is it going to happen? Yes. He that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. The, thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. Now notice, verse 26. My son, give me thine heart. 
Give me thine heart, my son, and let thine eyes observe my faces, my face. Amen. Amen. Give me what? Thine heart. heart. Okay. Give me your heart. Pastor Obi, give me your heart. That's what God is asking for. Because your heart is you. Andy, give me your heart. Not your money. Give me your heart. God wants your heart. Amen. What do you think? God wants your heart. My son, give me thine heart. Yeah. That is what, when God has your heart, you see, it's like a ringleader. When you see bad boys, get the leader and just convert him. All the others will follow. That is how it is. If God can get your heart, he has you. My son, give me thy heart. Everybody say it seven times. My son, give me thy heart. 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 That's what God is saying to us. Give me your heart. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. That's why God's campaign is for your heart and not for anything else. He wants your heart, not your money. You see, when I told God that I will bring money, I didn't know what I was saying. When he said, I, when he said I, he wants me, do you understand? I mean, I didn't know what it was. Recently, I went to, uh, even if I come to South Africa here, and I see the building that we bought, you know, and the other things that we are going to be doing here, there is no way by going to America and sending money, $500, $200, that, that will ever have done this. Yeah. Raised, I've raised millions of dollars for the kingdom of God. Yeah, millions of dollars, literal millions of dollars. By giving myself to him, my heart to him. As against going to America and sending $500, $200. So God is why, when he's asking for you or he's asking for your heart, he's asking for more. He's great. God is great. He's asking for more than you can ever imagine when you have, when you have given him your heart. Look, recently I went to a place we were building some projects. And I, as I stood there, I said, hey. The millions that are being used for these projects. Orphanage, hospital, schools, churches. We are building churches, buildings, churches all over. Oh. I realized that there is no way sending a couple of hundred dollars or even if it's thousand. And I, I have doctor friends who are in America. How much do they give? How much can they give? What even do they how much can they give? They can't give. I do fundraising there all the time. Anytime, if you see me in my face, I'll, come, I'll do fundraising right there and there for the children. Yeah. Yeah. It's my work. My work is also to raise money for the kingdom of God. I'm raising money all the time. Where I went to them and I raised hundreds, hundreds of thousands of rands for their church building. Yeah. That's my work. I'm not ashamed at all. Yeah. The shame, I have no shame for Christ. 
somebody who was removed. That thing you see where Christ was wearing panties on the cross, there was no panties. If you were a soldier in those days, would you put panties on, on, the, on the people? There was no panties. It's out of respect that they put that white cloth there. You talk of shame. What he went through for us. And we are sitting here. We wouldn't, I mean, we wouldn't do, wouldn't lift a finger. And that's why he sent me to say, my son, give me your heart. My son, give me your heart. Give me your heart. Give me your heart. Give me your heart. Don't give your heart to anybody or to anything. No man, no woman can, can have your heart. Must have your heart. There's nobody who deserves your heart other than God. My son, my son that I brought forth, give me your heart. And my daughter, my daughter, give me your heart. Your heart follows a man. No man can make you happy on this earth. If you like, write it down. I said it. And when it happens, read it and you see that. Ah. This has been said before. <laughs> no man can make you happy. Because happiness is not found here. Happiness is found in heaven. And, and when our eyes are fixed on him and our heart is given to him, you have some few occasional days of sunshine on this earth. You'll be happy. you laugh. Maximize those moments. But the real happiness is going to come over there. But here, the Bible says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And the former things were passed away. What were the former things? And said there was no more pain. There was no more crying. There was no more tears. And there was no more sorrow. These are the things of this earth. Sorrow, pain, crying, and tears. These four, these quadruplets, they are moving together on this earth. <laughs> At the summary of life on this earth are these things. Pain, sorrow, crying, tears. These are the quadruplets that are moving through the earth. And we try to alleviate it occasionally. Have a party, do something, make ourselves happy, do whatever. Oh, all shall be passed away. But you see, the real joy, and that's why, as we are approaching heaven, because me, as I'm getting older and I'm approaching heaven every day, I start feeling a certain bubbling within me, a certain joy. Oh, yeah, if I don't tell you, I'm lying. I, I, you know, sometimes when I think, I just I'm not have to think about those things now. When we get to heaven, then we see what is there. What do you think? Is it a good idea? Because if you think about it here, you become proud. You don't have to think about it. You have to think about God. Amen. Amen. Are you listening? My son! Give me your heart. Give me your shirt. Give me your jacket. My son, give me your jacket. Easy. Easy, 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 easy. 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 So easy. So easy. It's happened. It's happened already. <laughs> it's happened. My son, give me your jacket. I'm blessed today. 
No, I want it personally. Will you give it to me? Okay. Thank you so much. I'm so blessed in South Africa. Anything I want is given to me. My son, give me your hat. Give me your little cap on your head. Give me your cap. You. I'm blessed. Anything I want, I can have. My son, I need your jacket. I need your jacket. Can you give me your jacket? My son, can I have your Bible? Will you give me your Bible? Oh, I'm blessed. Prince, do you have a suitcase to pack all the things? <laughs> I have so many things. I have so many things. Huh? Give me your what? <laughs> I mean, what, what do I need? I can have it. Give me your ID tag, my son. Give me your ID. It's very nice. And I want a yellow one too. Can I have my son? Give me your yellow ID. It's very nice. Oh, and your notebook. I need a notebook too. Can I have your notebook? Oh, anything I want, I get. These are quite easy to have. My son, give me your shoes, please. Can I have your shoes? I need your shoes. I hope there are no holes in your socks. When you go home, throw away all socks with holes. I have shoes. I can dress, you know, Prince. I have things to wear tomorrow when I'm going. What else do I need? What else? I, I, need, I need your wallet. Do you have, what, what, can I get a wallet? Will you give it to me, please? Will you give it to me? Oh. Yes. I asked for the right wallet. I asked for the right wallet. Some of you, if I had asked for your wallet, it would not have been good for me at all. My daughter, can I have your handbag? No handbag. I need a handbag. I want a handbag. Sunglasses. Now they are giving without asking. I don't ask and I get. But I need a handbag. Oh, thank you. And I mean, I like it. It matches with my shirt. The one that I'm wearing. More than I can carry. My mobile phone. Oh. Can I, I, I want 10 mobile phones. Can I have 10 mobile phones? Because I have, when I go to Ghana, I want to give to people. One, two, three. Oh. You don't want to release your phone. It's too old. Five. Oh. Prince, how many should I take? Five or six? I have five. Five mobile phones. I'm rich. Oh, this is very nice. 
not seen one before. Oh, thank you. God bless you. I was going to ask for your wig, but I, I don't know whether I can. <laughs> can, I, can I have your money? Somebody should give me money. I want people to give me some money. Do you have money? Give me something. Dash me something. Anything. Five rands, two rands, one rand. Can I have a watch? Oh, thank you. Any more money? Give me money. My son, give me your money. Give me your money. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, I want money. You don't have money. Thank you. Watches. Watches. Money. Oh, thank you. Prince, we can finish our shopping. <laughs> we were broke by yesterday. <laughs> I'm blessed. I'm so blessed. Uh, I don't even have anywhere to keep all the things that have been given to me. Phones. Hats. I can put them in the hat. Can I get another hat from some France? Can I use your hat, please? Open it. Oh, right. God has moved. <laughs> God is moving. Do you think do you, do you think I'm taking these things with me? What do you think? You yourselves know that you have given me useless things. I want something far higher than all these funny, funny things you have given me. Your hats and your old jacket that you brought for a camp. And your old mobile phone which is uh, about to get spot. I want something far higher. The reason why you are able to part with it so easily is that it has almost no value. Yeah. But where I have to struggle is for you and your heart. That is where. That is the part. That is the part that is not easy. That is a wild bag. That is a bag. Look at what somebody has given me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, you can have it. And that's why sometimes when God is calling us, we say, Lord, take this. You see, one day I was talking to uh, oh. Pastor Big Daddy at home. I said, come, come with me to Kumasi. Sit in my car. And I will go. And I said, Big Daddy, you know, you are one of the most hardworking lay pastors. I've never seen anybody who works hard like you. And I said, I want to tell you the reason why you are so hardworking is because you are trying to compensate for your disobedience. You are trying to compensate for not giving yourself. So because you don't give yourself, you want to give as much of your time and as much sacrifice as you can. In exchange for giving yourself, you are giving me name tags and handbags and phones and wallets. 
in exchange huh? for you, your, what you really have to give. My son, give me your heart. Yeah. Even Paul knew that it was greater. Turn to Second Corinthians chapter 8. I want to show you. He said, moreover, brethren, verse 1, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches in Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. All that means is that they gave. Verse 3, for to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing. Everybody say they were willing. They were willing. Praying us with much entreaty that we will receive the gift. And take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Are you there? Verse 4. And this they did. Verse 5. They gave us the money. Not as we are hope. But first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. They gave themselves. In so much that we desired Titus. That as he had begun, he would also finish in you the same grace also. Amen. Amen. Not only did they give the gift, but they gave their own selves to us and to the Lord. There is a big difference between giving a gift and giving yourself. There is a big difference between giving your heart and giving a gift. If somebody is with me and the person loves me, and the person's heart is with me, I feel very happy and very safe. All that I'm looking for is love. You see, even in working, I just want people who love me to work with me. Do you know that when Jesus was going, the main question he was asking, which was the main thing that was of concern, was, do you love me? Do you love me? Because when somebody loves you, he will never hurt you. When somebody loves you, he will be faithful to you. Amen. So at the end of the day, what we are looking for is, do you love me? And when you don't love me, that is where the whole thing is becoming tricky. You understand? Do you love me? So Jesus made concern, do you love me? You know, and that's the question he's asking. Is your heart with him? Yes, maybe your tithe is there. Maybe your offering is there. But what about your heart? Your heart is somewhere else. Have you seen a man who is with a woman but his heart is with somewhere else? Yeah. His head is there. His face is there, but his heart is somewhere else. My son, give me your heart. My son, give me your heart. You can have your bags back. I prefer your heart. Have your bag. Thank you. Thank you for the offer. But I want your heart. Thank you for your wallet. But you know, what I really want is your heart. It's a nice wallet. But I think... Whose phone is this? I you can have it back. Yeah. What's your name? Mary. Mary. You know, Mary is a very powerful name in the Bible. All the three Marys were great people. Mary Magdalene. Mary, the mother of Jesus. And who's the last Mary? No. 
Mary, the sister of Martha. Bible says Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary. Mercy. Yeah. So Mary, be a good Mary. You can have your phone. I, 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 honestly, I don't. I don't. Which one is this for you? Oops, sorry. Yeah, I prefer your heart. I prefer your heart. Yeah, that's why I'm giving you back your things. Whose glass is this? <laughs> look, at, look at what you have given me. <laughs> is, that, is that your notebook? Is that is your notebook. And this is your Bible. You can have it. I prefer your heart. And, and you know, you can sometimes know when somebody's heart is not with you. He may give you his book. I may give you his phone, but his heart is not with you. Mercy. Whose phone is this? Your heart, please, instead of your phone. Whose phone is this? Yeah. Whose phone is this? I'm I'm a, I'm a phone. <laughs> Whose phone is this? You have invested in this phone heavily. <laughs> Nobody gave me her wig. Hey, you gave me many things. <laughs> Many useless things. You didn't give me your heart. Who is this one for? Pastor P. Who is this for? What's your name? Tora. All right. This one is for who? Have it back. What I need is your heart. How old are you? 25. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? Where is your heart? Where is your heart? Where is your heart? Is your heart in the music? Where is your heart? Money? With a girl? <laughs> Who's this for? TV. I just need your heart. Your <laughs> 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 shoes. My son, give me thine heart. Who is this for? There's a watch in it. Is that your watch? Wow. 
Wow. One day somebody gave me a watch, but he didn't give me his hat. He gave me a watch, very expensive watch, but he didn't give me his hat. Today you should see where he is and what he's doing and saying. Who is this one for? Hundred and fifty. You give hundred. God bless you. Yes. Twenty. What is twenty? How does it look like? You gave two twenties. Another 20. 50. Don't say you gave one you didn't give one. <laughs> Forgive them, Lord. 50. Uh-huh. 100. Somebody gave 100. Peter. And 150. Anyone who takes more than you gave, certain things will begin to happen. Yes? How much? 50 rands. You want interest? Who else? 20. Is this 20? And what else? 50. Bless my sister. God bless you. What else? 30. What else? Who else? There's some more. How much? 20, come for it. Who else? One more 20. Maybe I think it was 20 what? Orphanage. You are blessed. I thought you said I should keep them. <coughs> Who's that? Whose man is that? Somebody's 20 years. Helene. With coins. Whose coins? Many of the things we give to God are useless. 
I have no use of all these things you've given me. Yeah, I have no use of all the phones. 20 rands, 50 rands, this rands cannot do anything for me. I have no use at all. And that's how we are to God. Many of the things we are giving, we have no use of it at all. I tell you, you gave me your jacket and I, I cannot wear it. Bring it. <laughs> you see, Kenneth Hagin said that one day they made announce people should bring gifts and so on, things to the pastors. And then people brought other useless things. He said that he used to enjoy throwing them over the wall. <laughs> because if they are useless for you, then they are useless for him as well. That you can't use them. They can't use them in the church as well. And the pastor cannot also use it. It's useless. I cannot wear this. If I go to Ghana, it's too hot. Where am I going to? And it's too small. Most of us, we are giving God things that are of no use to him. Just some occasional something. You come around, just show up one day, show up another time. And so he wants he wants the real thing from you. And the real thing is you and your heart. And when you belong to God, you are a very, very different person. And when you don't belong to God, your life is different. Me, I'll tell you, I've given him my heart. If he wants to kill me today, I know it will be a good thing. I would like him to slay me if that's what he feels. My I've not given my life to any principle. My life is given to God. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to live out any principle or rule or prove any laws. My hand and my heart and my life is with God. And whatever he thinks is good, it's good for me. I like it. If he, if he thinks that I should die now, it must be a very good thing. It must be the best thing. You see, one day I was talking to somebody. I said, look. You are praying for a miracle. You are praying for God to bless you. But you see, your mind is that this is the miracle. And so if God doesn't do that particular thing, do you understand? And so I was saying that it's like you believe in this particular way of things happening. Not in God. But you must believe in God. That's why the Arabs say God is great. Allahu Akbar. God is great. Even if you kill me, God is great. God is greater than everything. God knows everything. God is in charge of everything. God knows about all problems and everything, how it is and how it's happening. He's great. God is great. That's why, Arab, when you slay them, I was watching when the Americans bombed Iraq. Some lady came out and shouting, they have killed my children, they have killed my husband, they have killed my whatever. Then she started to shout, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. God is great, God is great, God is great. It's like God has seen, God is great. I trust God. Oh. In fact, it's different from having seven steps to success, 25 principles of breakthrough, 25 this thing of how to do to, to achievement. Whatever, wealth and so on. It's different from believing in God. It's different from believing in wealth. Believing in achievement. Believing in success. You trust yourself. And the Christian life, some of the things are not pleasant. One, one, one missionary was telling me, he said, look, when, when you sent me first to this place, there was no water. There was no toilets at the place. He said, excuse me to say, I would go to toilet in the house and carry it from the house. 
to take it outside. A missionary. I, I go to the toilet in the house, wrap it. <laughs> take away. Take away toilet. <laughs> And, and wrap it and take it out of the house. <laughs> but he gave glory to God that God had honored him that he should send him to the field to work for him. But if your mind is that success, money, this, to go to the toilet and you have to wrap and take away, it's not success. It's not what we are calling success today. It's not what we are calling achievement in today's Christian world. Yeah, he had to wrap it. He said, he said he was explaining. He said, excuse me to say. <laughs> excuse me to say. I had to wrap it in a paper. <laughs> to wrap it in a paper. I take it now. But God is great. I said, but God is great. I believe in God. That is what uh, Paul said. I believe in God. I belong to God. Whose I am and whom I serve. The God whose I am and whom I serve. That's what it means. I belong to God. Whose I am and whom I serve. I belong to God. I serve God. That is what I believe. And when you give your life to God, it's not a matter of achievement, millionaires, kids, achievement, classics, and other things that we have to have to make us whatever. But we trust him, whether it is poverty, whether it is riches. Paul said, I am instructed to abound and to abase. One day, Billy was telling me, some of you know Billy in Ghana. I said he was sitting in a a trotro. And he was jumping, that car was moving, and he was asking himself, what am I doing here? (laughs) And then he said to me, he said, I realized the greatest honor of my life. God said to me, it's the greatest honor of my life to be here and to be chosen and to be asked to do his will and to do his work. It's the greatest honor of my life. And it is. It is. I said, it is. Amen. It is. Amen. It's a wonderful thing. I said, it is a wonderful thing. I'm preaching. I said, I'm preaching. It's the greatest honor. That's why I shamelessly raise for It's the greatest honor. If there's any shame associated, sometimes I'm raising for I can see the pastors of the church, they are feeling shy of the thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's my honor. It's my honor to add small of the shame, to fill up the sufferings of Christ. It's my honor. I don't struggle for phones. What I have, I let all the same phone that I have. Everybody has the phone. I give it. Tell this prince, get one of these. This is a good one. Everybody has. Anybody around me say, get one. What I have, I like others to have. Jesus always wanted people to be where he was. Said, where I'm going to prepare that where I am, you may be. Amen. Yeah. So I want you to be at the place, same place that I am. So get it. It's actually, so the phones you are giving, although you think it's valuable, it's of no, it's, it has no value to me. No value. You may be thinking about so so you have to ask yourself what is of value? And that's when you come and say they gave not just their gift, but they gave their own selves. 
And you say, say, my son, give me thine heart. My son, give me thine heart. Let your heart be with God. Is there anything which stands at par with God for your heart? Which stands to challenge God for your heart and your commitment? Is there anything? Sacrifice that thing quickly. If you don't sacrifice that thing, God will come. Look, anything that you like too much, eh? Be careful of that thing because you see that God is interested in that thing. Yeah. Don't like anything too much. Don't want any particular thing too much. It's a very dangerous thing. Yeah. One day I went and bought a, a, a jacket and I liked it so much. As I was going, I heard a voice. Your jacket, I need it. From that time, I decided that I know I don't want any. I don't like. I would just be wearing it because if I like it, it's my, so he's coming for what? He doesn't want any rival. I am the Lord. I am a jealous God. I'm jealous. What is it that's challenging you? Is it your husband? Is it your wife? It's too sweet, you see. I will scramble it. Have you seen scramble eggs before? First, you see the eggs. When you put it in the frying pan, you see the egg. One here, two here, three here. When they scramble it like that, they say the whole thing, you can't see where the egg is again. The whole thing has mixed up. One day I, I saw it like that. Coming, the Lord said to me, your life is like egg. It can be scrambled in one second. You won't identify it clearly as you are seeing it now. <laughs> when they mix it like this, no, it's finished. Mercy. I said zigzag. <laughs> when they mix your life like that, you will not see your children again clearly. You will not see your husband clearly again. You will not see your wife clearly again. You will not see anything that you are admiring as a very nice thing. It has been scrambled. Except the Lord build. It is in vain. That's why I want to be able to stand like Paul in the ship and stand to the people and say, I belong to God. I belong. All of you, listen, I'm in the ship with you, but I'm a different person. I belong to God. Whose I am and whom I serve. I belong. I am owned. I'm owned. I have an owner. <laughs> when you have an owner, you are different from something without an owner. One day I saw a snake and a sheep. On the same day, when I saw the sheep, the sheep was aggressive and ran at me to attack me with the small horns that they had. Like this. Just as it was about to get to me, a rope held the neck. So I look at the side and say, you, I can just kick you like this. And I have a good mind to just knock your head off. There were about two of them there. I think they thought I was coming near, but I was just walking and praying. I wasn't attacking. Why should you attack me? <laughs> but when I saw the rope, I realized that there was an owner. So I decided to leave. <laughs> because if I touch the sheep, I'll see the owner just now. When God is your owner, if they like, they should touch you. They will see the owner. The real owner will come out just now. Give the Lord a shout of praise, somebody. About two hours 
later, I was sitting somewhere and I saw a snake. That snake right had come inside the house where we were. Just near where we saw the sheep. I said, Pierre, T, there's a snake. The only three of us were in the house. There's a snake. Oh, we all got up. <laughs> you have no owner. You are an independent spirit. Always moving on your own. You will not join any church. You don't belong anywhere. Oh, we fought the snake and then we killed the snake. I remember the last stroke. I used a rake like that. Pie! And I missed the head and I got the neck. Then the head opened like that. And I saw the two tongues came. I said, huh, Orangu spirit. <laughs> Double tongues. One says good things, one says bad things. But that day I saw the power of having an owner. One day I was in the church. When I heard some shouting outside. Hey, in Kolegono, in the street. So I saw somebody. And then about... 30 people were following, going somewhere. So I said, what is that? And the brother went to find out and came back to tell me. I said, what is it? He said, a woman says that her chicken is lost. (laughs) (laughs) Her chicken. Her chicken has been taken by somebody. So she removed her blouse. She removed her blouse. Do you remember that day? She removed her blouse, came back just with her breast, with her frying pan. She was walking to the area. Whoever has taken my chicken should bring my chicken. <laughs> the chicken has an owner. I tell you. A chicken that was moving around freely. You see, as if it hasn't got an owner. But it has an owner. If you like, take it. Some God will remove his chest and say, somebody is worrying my child. I belong to God. How many belong to God? Yeah. We must belong to God. Do what he says. Live for him. Serve him. And I belong to God. If it's time to die, like John the Baptist, at the age of 30, die. It's enough. It means your work is finished. There's nothing else to do. In fact, God is so merciful that sometimes when your work is done, he'll just take you home. Nothing else to do here. John the Bible had no more job. His main destiny was to prepare the way for Christ. Christ has come. It's finished. Yeah. They, they, they killed him. The Christ made them, the Lord made them kill John the Baptist suddenly. Because he was in prison. And nothing bad had happened. And then just somebody's birthday party then. Before they said, oh, they need you. When he came, no, lie down. Came, finish. <laughs> Just over. Merciful. And Jesus said, there's none greater. So that means it's great to be killed at the age of 30 for Christ. <laughs> it must be a great thing. <laughs> so there's nobody who is greater than John the Baptist, born of a woman. No one. That's the greatest thing ever. You see how different it is from our current doctrines. I know a church, if you are not 70 years old when you die, they will not bury you in the church because they say you don't have faith. If you are a man of faith, you should be at least up to 70 or, if possible, 80. 
Jesus would have not been buried in the church. And John the Baptist too would have been outside. Amen. Stand to your feet. I think it's time for breakfast. I want to be more like you. Jesus, I 